and welcome to church this morning. Whether you come in a happy mood or a sad mood, whether you come feeling grateful or feeling weighed down, all are welcome in the house of God this morning. You may be young, you may be young at heart, you may be older, you may be somewhere in between. The blessing is that God welcomes all. We welcome those online with us this morning and we thank you for joining us. And we welcome a special visitor, Bronwyn Heaton, who's come from Sat 7 and she will talk to us twice during the service around the work of Sat 7 and around God's love. Let's start with a verse from Scripture, Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. And we're going to stand and sing together two songs. The first is called How Great Is Our God, and it has a line in it that says 10,000 reasons. And this, this is symbolic of the fact that we can praise God over and over again, 10,000 years and forevermore, we will never run out of reasons to bless the Lord and praise his holy name. So let us stand and sing together and really bring praise to our God this morning.
us pray. Father God, we thank you that we can indeed come in freedom to worship you. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us here now. Help us to know and appreciate your love and your kindness. Sing with me, how great is our God. Please be seated. 
Let us pray together. Dear Father God, thank you for your amazing power and work in our lives. Thank you for your goodness and your blessings over us. Thank you that you are able to bring hope through even the toughest of times, strengthening us for your purposes. Thank you for your great love and care, your mercy and grace. Thank you that you are always with us and will never leave us for your incredible sacrifice so that we might have freedom and life. Forgive us, Lord, when we don't thank you enough for who you are, for all that you do, and for all that you have given. Help us to set our eyes and our hearts on you afresh this morning. Renew our spirits. Fill us with your peace and joy. We love you, Lord, and we need you this and every day. We give you praise and thanks for you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. I can see a few young people this morning and I want to know if you can help me with some history. I've got some pictures of some people. If you know who this person is and why they're famous, can you put your hand up and William's going to bring a microphone so you can tell us? Who might know? Oh, here William. Sorry, I don't know your name. Can you tell us who, your name? Serena. Serena. Who is this Serena and why is this lady famous? Oh, the microphone's not working. Stand up and shout, yes. Joan of Arc, that's right. And why is Joan of Arc famous? She led France in the dark moment. She did, Brian. She led France in the dark moment. And do you know, she was 17 years old when she brought hope to a demoralized nation. France was quite down. And she defended their nation at a battle called the Siege of Orléans. She believed in her country and she believed in her purpose. Here's another one, a little bit closer in history. Who can tell me who this gentleman is and why he's famous? Anyone can share? Uh, we'll, we'll try and find a youngster. Can we find a youngster? <coughs> Does anyone know who this is? Oh yes, who is it? Oh, sorry, sorry. Go in then, you, you can tell us then who it is. It is Gandhi. Yes. He went to a Christian village to find out in New Zealand why there was a way to resist. 
and through Christ he found the message of truth to bring okay. independence to India. Yes, so Gandhi was first of all an Indian lawyer and he was very passionate to, to campaign for Indians' independence, but he alert, um, as we've just been told, to do it in a non-violent way. He was non-violent in his resistance and he inspired many people for movements and campaigns of freedom across the world. What about this lady? Someone different. Maybe Rose, oh, sorry. Yes, this is Mother Teresa. Um, can someone share what she did? You don't have to be young to share. Serena knows this answer too. Let's see what. She gave food to the poor. She did indeed. Mother Teresa was an Albanian Catholic nun and she formed a charity. And this charity, in the end, consisted of 4,500 nuns across 113 countries. And she did indeed give food to the poor, but she also gave dignity. She sought for people with leprosy and tuberculosis to have good medical attention. Two more, what about this gentleman? Who can help us with this gentleman? Beth. It's Nelson Mandela. <coughs> and what did Nelson Mandela do, Beth? Do you know? Okay. <laughs> he was the first black president of South Africa, and he was the person who is recognized in history, really, for catalyzing the dismantlement of apartheid. He worked to encourage land reform, combat poverty, and really expand, expand healthcare for all in his country. And last, almost right up to date, who knows who this lady is? Marion, can you help us with this one, perhaps? Yeah, Milana Yousafzai. Spoken out about um, everyone having education regardless of their gender. Absolutely. So, this lady, when she was 15, was shot by the Taliban because she spoke out from a very young age for the right for education in her homeland for all genders, not just boys but girls as well. So, I think these five people in history have something in common. I think they showed a willingness to stand up for what is right and to confront fear and adversity. But I also think they showed good cheer. They were bold. They were confident. What words do you think we could have that sums this up? What Virtue is described with this, ex these examples. Hope. Could be hope. Joy. Courage. 
they all showed amazing courage in each of their circumstances. And this morning, when Bronwyn comes to speak to us, she's going to share some very contemporary examples of courage amongst Christians in the Middle East and Africa. And then later she's going to speak to us from the Bible reading from Joshua, who showed immense courage in his service of God. So maybe when you look at your history books in class going forward and you see some of those characters, you'll be able to think that actually we see examples of the virtue of courage all around us each and every day. And it's centuries old. It's a virtue that's really embedded in the human way of life. Okay, so as the young people go to their uh, BRBK, their class upstairs, we're going to sing together about Christ being the way, the truth, and the life. And that is the source of this virtue of courage. If we absolutely embed ourselves in Jesus, our Saviour, our Counselor, we can too build our courage to share his love. Let's stand.
it's a real privilege. As Julie said, my name is Bronwyn, and I've come up from Chippenham in Wiltshire today, which is where Sat7 has its UK office. And it's been my privilege to serve God around the world in South America, and then for 10 years with my husband and two children in Mozambique, Africa, with AIM, Africa Inland Mission. And now God has brought me to work with Sat7, serving the people of the Middle East and North Africa. And I'm going to be sharing a little bit about the ministry today and thanking you for your partnership with Sat7, especially with isolated believers in Iran and Afghanistan. And then I'll be sharing a little bit later on the theme of courage and what we can learn from the courage of believers in the Middle East. But today I'd like to start by telling you a story, a story of a man called Sogand. I should say that all names and images have been changed for security reasons in the presentation. But Sogand was a teacher who lived in Afghanistan. He was your typical Muslim who went along to praying and fasting, but he started looking into other religions and faiths. And he said of all the religions he came across, Christianity seemed the most logical and acceptable to him. But he dared not tell anyone in his country, because in his own words, as he said, living in a country like Afghanistan and speaking about another religion is like condemning yourself to death. But last year on his birthday, he was alone at home, he was flicking through the TV channels, and he came across a film of Jesus. And he watched, and at the end, a young child prayed prayer to receive Jesus into your heart. And Sogan quietly prayed with him, and then he realised, it's my birthday, and I'm born again. Today I am alive in you, God, and you live in me. And he contacted Sat7 and said, you are the first people I'm telling what has happened because I realise I need to know more. I need to learn about this path that I must now tread. But I wonder what comes to mind when you think of the Middle East and North Africa. Is it conflict, poverty, persecution? That's the story that we've become accustomed to. And last year alone, it seemed that there was crisis after crisis in the Middle East, starting with a devastating earthquake back in February in Turkey on the border with Syria that killed over 50,000 people and then another one in Morocco. Libya was also affected by floods made worse by the awful infrastructure and corruption of the country and then a series of earthquakes hit Afghanistan in October that barely registered on our news because of the awful violence that broke out in the Holy Land and continues today where Till now, over 22,000 people have lost their lives, most of them women and children, not soldiers. Meanwhile, conflicts continue in places like Yemen, Syria and Sudan. And our TVs are filled, aren't they, with images of refugees. And I wonder whether, like me, sometimes you feel it's hopeless. Where is God in all of this? In the autumn, Iran marked a year on from the awful riots and protests that killed hundreds following the death of Masa Amini, the young girl who was arrested and killed in police custody simply for not wearing her hijab correctly. We know that the Middle East and North Africa is also a region that is very difficult for Christians to live. 
They are just a tiny minority, about 3.5% of the population on average are Christians. But in some countries like Turkey, it's less than 0.2%. To follow Jesus in the Middle East means facing perhaps condemnation of your family, being outcast from your community, persecution at school, work, even arrest, and in some countries, execution. And as I said, sometimes it's difficult not to feel overwhelmed and wonder, where is God in all of this? But there is, however, another story to be told. It is a story of faith being strengthened, of love being shown, and of millions finding joy in God. And we're going to watch a short video now from Sat7 showing how we are making this a reality. The Middle East and North Africa, a region rich in culture, amazing people, and natural beauty. It is also a place of conflict, poverty, and persecution. People are searching desperately for hope and change. Sat7 is a Christian media ministry that uses satellite television to broadcast across the Middle East and North Africa and is also available globally across digital media platforms. Our purpose is to share the Christian message and to support and empower the local church in its life, work and witness for Christ. We broadcast 24-7 on multiple platforms in Arabic, Turkish and Persian. Our programs include Christian dramas, movies and talk shows, inspirational teaching, documentaries and church services encourage believers. Our kids' channel shares the gospel with children and young people and promotes their holistic development. We also provide educational opportunities for Arabic-speaking viewers, especially for the millions of children who are not in school. By overcoming the challenges of illiteracy, censorship and limited internet access, satellite TV is the most effective way to reach people. But on Sat7 Plus, the Middle East's first on-demand Christian video streaming service, tens of thousands of people watch Sat7 directly from their mobile devices. And our programs are also viewed by millions on social media. Our programs address all areas of human life and present a positive Christian vision for life and society. We operate almost entirely on donations to bring joy, show love, and strengthen faith in one of the world's most troubled regions. And as we broadcast over borders into millions of homes, many people contact us every day, sharing stories of how they have received hope through our programs. That is our vision, to see a growing church in the Middle East and North Africa, confident in Christian faith and witness, serving the community and contributing to the good of society and culture. SAT7 has dedicated itself to impacting the Middle East positively for Jesus. We're taking a stand against the negativity and despair that so often surrounds that region. 
During the crisis in the Holy Land, Sat7 is responding with special live broadcasts on our Arabic channel. One programme, for example, is called The Voice of the Church in the Midst of Hardship. And our goal is to counter the overwhelming news, bad news, fake news, the voices of death, and pain and anger that seem to permeate the media today. We want to bring a voice of life, of peace, of love, and hope, hope that is only found in Jesus. And as you saw there, our ministry is not a Western ministry. It's mainly TV and programmes made by the local people for the local people. Most of our staff in SAT7, working across the region, were born in times of conflict. They know firsthand what it is to live with persecution and fear and violence. And they are committed to sharing stories and real-life experiences to show the next generation that revenge is not the answer. Sat7 fights by sharing hope and love from the perspective of people who have survived and who know that a different future is possible. As you can see from the map, this is the, the region that we cover. It's about 25 countries. And we have studios based in Cairo and Lebanon. Our Turkish one is in Istanbul. And our two Persian studios are in Cyprus and a small one in West London, which I know a few of you have visited already. So why satellite TV? Well, it is still a powerful tool for God because it is the only form of information that cannot be censored or tampered with by the governments. It can't be controlled or interfered like the internet or printed materials can. And what I love about Sat7 is that we're not just beaming TV out there into the ether, but we have various audience response teams around the region that receive hundreds of calls and messages each day from our viewers by WhatsApp, email, Facebook. And Last, oh, not last year, I have to remember we're now in 2024. In 2022, there were over 107,000 one-to-one conversations with viewers. Viewers like Fariyal from Iran, who told us, I used to constantly think about taking my own life, but since I came to faith, I have never again thought about suicide. As I learn more from you and your teaching, I understand how I am loved by God. So our work supporting isolated believers in places like Iran and Afghanistan is especially important because of the pressure they are under for their faith. Even though a new law was passed back in 2021 to say that Christians can now meet in house churches, that law is administered in a very arbitrary way and there are still countless Christians there who are under arrest, facing long prison services and constantly fearing the arrival of police. Our Persian channel, which we call Sat7 Pars, beams directly into Iran, Afghanistan, and even Tajikistan. Because many are able to, un, unable to access Christian teaching or Sunday schools, youth groups, like we are in this country. And some of our viewers say that Sat7 is their church. And you might think this support was particularly important in Afghanistan since the Taliban took over in 2021, making restrictions even harder for Christians there. But Sat7's viewer support team was on hand to encourage 
and comfort people in times of distress. People like Benaz, who contacted us after discovering and hearing how she could talk to a God who loved her and wanted relationship with her. She said, since the teaching you provided on prayer, I learned how to approach prayer and understood its impact. I've started to actively pray for different things, including my sister-in-law. She has a particular problem that's not going away. But one night I dreamed about her. There was a wedding and she was full of joy. And the following day she got in touch to say her problem had been resolved. I can say the living God answers prayers. Thank you, Sat7, for the excellent teaching you provide that is helping me to grow. So how can you get involved with Sat7? Well, first of all, your prayers are vital. Please join us in praying for the Christians and seekers in the Middle East and North Africa. You can do this, right? If you've got one of these leaflets, please fill it in and you can receive our prayer and news personally to keep you up to date and pray more effectively. You can also purchase one of our new 40 Days of Prayer books, um, which you can find online at sat7uk.org. They're just five pounds, or you can download a digital copy free. But I want to thank you particularly for partnering with us, for the people in Iran and Afghanistan, helping us to build a church there. And I'm looking forward to sharing more shortly in a little while. But please do come and talk to me afterwards if you have any questions or want to know more about the ministry. Thank you. I think I'm going to hand over to Ian. Thank you very much, Roman. And yes, we went up to the studios in London. And it was nice to see them in person um, producing live, live television programs for the Middle East. And on the subject of um, courage, we are turning now to our Bible reading, which is from the first chapter of Joshua, and we're reading the first nine verses, and this is where God is encouraging Joshua as he takes up the leadership uh, from Moses, who has died. So, Joshua, chapter one, and from verse one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the river Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong, very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, 
that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written within it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And we leave that now. Let us bring our prayers to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the work of Sat7 and for the way they are able to encourage isolated Christians in the Middle East and North Africa and make your word known there through the TV and social media programmes that they produced. We thank you for those who produce the programmes, especially geared to the current local situation and for those who present them in a culturally acceptable way. We pray that you will continue to guide them as new circumstances and opportunities arise. We thank you for those whose challenging role is to respond to the comments and questions set in, sent in by viewers. And we pray that you will give them the words that they need to encourage and give answers. You know, Lord, that there are many challenging situations in the countries that SAP7 works in. Earthquakes, floods, war, political unrest, and we thank you for the way that SAT7 staff are seeking to bring hope and comfort in sometimes desperate times. Guide them, Lord, as they consider how this can be done in practical ways, as well as through the content of their programmes. Father, we thank you for the many isolated Christian families for whom SAT7 provides opportunities for worship, education for the children and general encouragement. <laughs> We pray that any not linked into SAT7 will be able to find a way of tuning in. We thank you for those that have become believers through the programmes and pray that they may be able to find ways of being discipled as Christians. And Father, we pray too for others that we have links with here, serving you overseas. We pray for Claire Bedford, serving in various ways in the hospital in Chad. Give her the daily strength and guidance that she needs. We bring Peter and Louise Lynch to you as they serve in Bangladesh, where there's been an election recently. You know the effect that that might have had on their programmes and we pray that you will keep them safe and able to go ahead with the workshops and other activities that they have planned. We pray too for Genesis as he works with farmers in Uganda. We thank you for the good harvest that they were able to have recently. And we pray that you will continue to bless that programme. And we pray for those engaged in translating the Bible into languages spoken in areas where people are unable to access your word in a way that they can understand. We particularly think of those in the Gera area of Chad. Thank you for the New Testaments that have recently been completed and pray for the other teams still at work. Give them the wisdom, strength, and patience that they need. We ask all these things in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Mary and to Ian. 
Before Bronwyn comes and brings God's word to us, let's stand and sing together, Speak, O Lord. And as we sing, may we focus our hearts and minds on what it is that God wants us to be listening for this morning as Bronwyn speaks to us. As we take our seats, let's just pray for Bronwyn. Father God, we thank you for the blessing of having Bronwyn in our midst this morning. Please anoint her just right now with the words that we as a fellowship need to hear to be challenged and be more courageous in our outreach and in the demonstration of our love for you. 
Well, when Tim first asked me to speak about courage this morning, it seemed quite apt to me for a couple of reasons. Firstly, courage happens to be one of the new values we have chosen as a SAT7 UK team. This year we're striving ourselves to be more courageous and creative and step out of our comfort zones in all the activities we do as we serve the people of the Middle East. And secondly, through SAT7 over the years, I've learned how we can draw such inspiration from the courage and resilience and faith of believers in the Middle East. Because as we've seen, the Middle East can be a terrifying place for many people. Whether it's children sheltering in Gaza as they listen to overhead bombs, or believers in Iran secretly meeting indoors, worshipping quietly, wondering if the police will discover them or the millions in cities like Istanbul and across Turkey going to bed that night wondering if tonight is the night that another colossal earthquake might hit, as has been predicted. Even here in the UK, don't you find that our news bombards us with images of violence, pandemics, conflicts, without ever offering a solution? It seems to me that anxiety has crept into the very bones of our society. And even as Christians, sometimes it can cripple us. But perhaps you're not worried for yourself. Maybe you're fearful for somebody you know, someone you love. And I can share that over the last few years, I've been fearful and worried for my daughter, even felt times of despair as I've watched her battling with an eating disorder. I'm thankful now that she has, God has brought her on an incredible journey and she is strong in her faith. But I still have doubts. I have those moments of worry and fear as she steps out in her first year at university, just down the road in Guildford, actually. And I wonder, will she survive? What I do know is that fear is like fire. It can so easily get out of control, especially if you fuel it. And I wonder maybe we can just take a moment at the beginning of this new year to one think, what are we fueling our minds with? Paul wrote to Timothy in his second letter, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. Now I realize these words are sometimes easier to read than they are to act upon. But I've learned how important it is to feed our minds and our hearts with the promises of God and his goodness, rather than fueling the fire of fear. And the Bible is full of people who, as we've seen through history, the Bible is very historical, has people full of courage, who are ready to take a stand for what is right. There are many we could look at, Moses, for example, who had the courage to face his past. God ordered him back to Egypt, the very place he had committed murder. He was an outcast from his people. He was a wanted man. No wonder he felt unworthy and terrified to go back. But we know he did find the courage to go back. And God did some of the most miraculous signs through Moses that we find in the Bible. 
But then there's Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that famous trio of friends who had the courage to be different. I think it's easy to forget that at that time in Babylon, there were thousands of Israelites who should have been worshipping God, but only three were found who had the courage to be different and go against society to say they would not bow down and worship the statue of the king. And as Christians in our society today, don't we often feel that we are flowing against, swimming against the current and the tide? Do we have the courage to be different? Esther is another lady that we could look at in the Bible who had the courage to take a risk. She risked her very life when she had to confront her husband, who happened to be the king of Persia at that time. And I wonder whether you could call her one of the first secret believers of Iran. She had to go before him and reveal her identity as a Jew in order to save her people and uncover the plot, Haman's abominable plot, to wipe out her people. And I think she found strength not just in the purpose and calling on her life, but in the solidarity of her people when she called them to prayer and fasting. And I think, as we know, Persia is now Iran and the Persian people in Iran and Afghanistan. I think they also draw strength from knowing that strangers, like you here in Horsham, are standing with them in solidarity, praying and fasting for them. Courage to face the past, courage to be different, courage to take a risk. These are all wonderful things, and I think they're all things that Joshua had as well. And we're going to look now at Joshua, and thank you for reading, Ian. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Joshua chapter 1. And we see at the beginning of this passage that Joshua is in a place of mourning, of grief. He's just lost Moses his dear friend, but not just a friend. Moses was his mentor, his guide, his leader. So I wonder whether, as well as feeling sadness, he was feeling overwhelmed with the weight of responsibility. Surely the eyes of the nation were suddenly on him. I wonder whether this year you're looking ahead thinking there's a task or a responsibility that is weighing heavy on you, that, that seems daunting. Well, I think we can learn from Joshua and especially how God emboldens and encourages him in these first few verses. I think I like Joshua as well, maybe because his name has the same, he has the same name as Jesus. You may know that Jesus in Aramaic is the modern version of Joshua, which means God saves, God rescues. And I think how awesome is that, that from his very birth, his identity he was reminded that God, the Almighty God, was his protector, rescuing him. But I'm also fond of Joshua, and it's a passage I've turned to many times in my life, because he's someone that I aspire to be to, be like. I have to admit that when I'm faced with challenges or unexpected circumstances, I tend to be somebody who reacts in panic. I do a little panic dance, and my family can tell you I... I'm very reactionary, I have a very shrill high voice and all those doubts and worries are so easily crowd your mind. But Joshua is somebody, as we see here, who is calm. He listens to God. He doesn't listen to those voices of doubt 
or news of negativity and concern, he takes time to listen to God and then he acts in obedience. And I love this passage because we learn how God speaks courage into Joshua's life. And I think it's because God realised, although I said Joshua was a man of calmness, God could see that he was scared. And it's not surprising. I think we can read between the lines here. Joshua was being asked to lead his people to a land they didn't know, they'd never been to before, to face a people who didn't like him, who probably wanted to kill him, and for starters, he had to cross this enormous river with thousands of families while it was in flood. And we see that God repeats, I wonder if you counted how many times he repeats, be strong and courageous to Joshua. He repeats it three times, be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. And then at the end, he tells Joshua, do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. You see, courage is only courage if you're scared of something in the first place. So how does God give Joshua courage to face this task ahead? Well, I think, first of all, by reminding him of his promises. And it's good to remind ourselves of the promises of God. He says to Joshua, I will give you every place you set foot, as I promised Moses. Remembering God's promises in the Bible is imperative for us as Christians. So I would encourage you to set up markers in your life. Look back and remember what has God done for you already. Look through the promises in the Bible. Find worship songs that remind you of the, the words of God, the promises of God. Encourage one another with them. Encourage literally means to put courage in someone for the task ahead. Sometimes these promises of God, when we read them, they can seem glib. They may not seem like they're taking effect to start with, but they are not fueling the fire of fear. They are faith building. I recall a time when Rita, our CEO of SAT7, she told us about the first time she went out to Algeria with a camera crew to film one of the church services. And as she got there and was setting up, she gave an announcement to the people at the congregation at the time and explained to them, she said, we're gonna be filming, so if any of you are nervous about being on TV, because Algeria was and still is a place where Christians are persecuted. Just in the last few years, many of the main churches have been closed down. And she said to the people, if you don't want to be on TV, a bit like the notice you put on here at the beginning, please move towards the back. Suddenly there was a hustle and bustle as people, whole families, started moving forward to take up the front few rows. And Rita was like, no, no, she panicked a bit. Please, I don't think you've understood. We're going to be filming live. This is a risk for you and the church. You will be watched by millions across the Arabic-speaking world. And the pastor's wife stood up and said to Rita, Rita, what are you frightened of? And Rita said, well, I'm not frightened. I'm frightened for you. This, is, this could be dangerous. And she said, Rita, what is it? 
Is it persecution you're frightened of? Persecution is our crown that we wear. Do not take it away from us. And I wonder how Christians in the Middle East can say and believe, truly believe things like that. I think it's because they know the promises of God. She knew from Matthew, blessed are the persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So remember God's promises in your life too. Secondly, God reminds Joshua that he is with him. They are powerful words in verse 5. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And it's a promise for us too, isn't it? I'm sure you can all imagine any child in a room, usually in the bedroom at night, when they're scared of the dark, it simply takes the presence of mum or dad there or a big sister and that fear subsides, knowing that God is with you. And I think Christians facing persecution in places like Iran and Algeria, they also need to know that God is with them. And that's what Sat7 does. Sat7 gives them a voice and it speaks hope and comfort into their lives. We even have a program called You Are Not Alone, as we interview people live about their various situations. And I think they like to know that, as I said before, there are Christians around the world also standing with them. It gives them courage to face what they have to face. Lastly, God reminds us, and God reminds Joshua, to follow his calling and not neglect the word of God. See, God says, you will lead these people to inherit the land. God had called him and appointed Joshua to be leader. And if God thinks he can do it, well then he's qualified for the job. And if God is calling you to a task, he believes you can do it. He is giving you everything you need to do it. And God says, as you are doing that task, do not neglect the word of God. He says in verse 8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. So what is it that God is calling you or me this year to do? Is there some task on your heart? And in what ways are you planning to study his word this year? It's, it's easy to forget as we carry on through our daily tasks to get really stuck into God's word. But whether it's through home groups or meeting in twos or threes, God's word is what will fuel you and your faith. I want to finish with the story of Beta. She was a brave lady from Iran who was interviewed recently on Sat7. Rita used to run, a, worked in a state-run children's home in Iran, but God was calling her to a specific task. He called her to set up a children's home on her own, based on Christian values. Although she was scared, Beta had the courage to step out and do what God had asked her. And she started an institute for children with disabilities and psychological needs, calling it the House of Kindness. And over 13 years, she witnessed many miracles of God, including strangers writing huge checks and donations to seeing some of the girls with their disabilities healed in the house. But then one fateful morning, everything changed. 
Her home was raided by the police while she and her son slept. Beta was interrogated multiple times. At one point, she was blindfolded and pushed down a set of stairs and endured terrible back injuries. And she was imprisoned for over a year. But she said, when the Lord wants to work, it would be way beyond our thought, imagination, logic, or powers of calculation. Even in prison, Beta wanted to continue serving God and she prayed for God to give her an opportunity because she saw other mothers and, and girls in the prison with her. And God did give her that opportunity through ointments and medicines and clothes that they managed to acquire somehow in prison. She was able to tend to the needs and offer comfort to the other women in prison with her. After one year, Beta was miraculously released from prison and reunited with her son and she's now serving God in Germany. But her advice to Christian women suffering persecution, I find quite profound. She said, firstly, we can't know everything. There is no point asking why, because the whys become a mire in which we drown. Secondly, we should trust the Lord, because it is in hard situations that trusting has meaning. Sat 7 gives believers like Beta an opportunity to witness to their God and speak of God's provision in her life. And in turn, she can give courage and hope to others in that region. I hope today that people like Beta will inspire you to have courage this year as you look ahead. And thank you again for helping us to give courage to the believers in the Middle East and helping build the church in Iran and Afghanistan. Thank you. Thank you. Shall we pray? Father God, we are humbled by the stories that we hear of people standing up for you. Give us courage, Lord, not to shy away for the opportunities that you give us to share your love. Thank you for sharing your word so profoundly with us this morning. Amen. As we come to God's table for communion, I'm going to ask that every deacon in the building comes and helps serve so that we can serve the bread followed quickly by the wine please so if you can all come forward that would be very helpful as we prepare let's stand and sing together the communion hymn behold the lamb <coughs>
as we come to this communion table for the first time in the new year, come to this table not because you must, but because you may. Not because you are strong, but because you may be weak. Come not because of any goodness of your own that gives you a right to come, but because you come to claim the mercy and help of God. Come because you love the Lord a little and you want to love him more. Come because he loved you and gave himself for you. Come and meet the risen Christ, for we are his body. The Apostle Paul tells us of the institution of the Lord's Supper. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took a cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us pray to give thanks. Loving Father, we thank you for the love shown to us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for his life and ministry, announcing the good news of the kingdom. We thank you for this bread and wine, symbols of your life given for us. We thank you that these are symbols in our world and signs of your transforming love. Send your Holy Spirit, we pray, that we might be renewed to the likeness of Jesus Christ as we partake of this meal. We pray in his name and for his sake. Amen. This is my body, which is broken for you. This is the new covenant. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. I'm going to suggest that you eat the bread as you receive it, but then you retain the cup so that we can drink together as God's family.
we drink together are the sign of our unity in Christ. Let us pray for members of our family and fellowship at this time of communion. I'm going to pause for you to name in your hearts or if you want to name out loud people we should pray for, then please do at the right time. Almighty God, as a fellowship, we come before you now and pray for members who are hurting. We pray for those who are ill. We pray for those who are undergoing medical treatment. Lord, we pray for those who are bereaved. We lift up before you, especially this morning, Sandra and Michael Hogg on the loss of Sandra's mom. Be close to the Hogg family. May they know your peace and your calm. We thank you for the life of Sheila, Sandra's mom, and all she did for you. And we just want to raise before you her family now. Lord, we think of others who may be ill or undergoing treatment, and we just name them before you now. Dennis Aldridge. Father, we ask that you will be close to those in our fellowship, both whom we've named out loud and who we've remembered in the silence. We trust in your wisdom and providence to give them the measure of health and strength as is your will. <coughs> Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And as we leave this table, let us affirm, Christ is alive. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Amen. Thank you. If we have time, it would be nice to sing a song of praise and adoration as we close our service together. We're going to sing with words that I think are very aligned to the service we've had this morning. Lord, I stand in the midst of a multitude of those from every tribe and tongue. 
We've heard so much about God's work in other parts of the world. Let's stand and praise him and celebrate that we can stand as one with those who proclaim Christ as Lord.
Amen. Let us bless one another as we leave this place and say the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us evermore. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.